Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio. Raider Nation, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Thursday. Great show coming up. Uh, today, we've got uh, Doug Kayed from Pro Football Focus uh, joining us in the huddle at 5 p.m. to talk about the draft, to talk about NFL trends. Who's the best quarterback uh, in this draft? What should the Raiders look for um, in their draft? Round three, that's when they're picking first. Uh, so we'll talk to, uh, talk to Doug from Pro Football Focus about that. And then also Buffalo Bills sideline reporter Sal Capaccio, uh, my paisan from Buffalo. I was on his show in Buffalo about a week ago. Uh, they've got some great thoughts about the Raiders uh, out there with the Buffalo Bills. Who knows? Maybe an AFC championship game looming between two old AFL rivals, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders and the Buffalo Bills. How cool would that be for some of you historians out there that go uh, way back? We want your call, 702. 702. What? I just forgot the uh, number. 365-9200. That's the one. 702-365-9200. Uh, sorry about that. Had a little bit of a brain freeze. Thinking about this show and Damon Cotton, that was the uh, voice of our producer. Something caught my eye today, uh, Damon, and it was an article uh, over at Football Outsiders, okay? And they were talking about who the key to the Raiders season might be. Now, this article caused a little bit of laughter and, oh, come on, what are you, you got to be kidding me on Twitter because they brought up the name... Alex Leatherwood as being perhaps the key to the Raiders season. Now, I know a lot of people that um, aren't maybe thinking this thing through are saying, well, what are you talking about? The key to the season is going to be Derek Carr. It's going to be Devontae Adams. It's going to be Darren Waller. It's going to be Josh Jacobs. It's going to be the stars of the team, Chandler Jones, Max Crosby. And yes, to an extent, you have a point. But I think what this article, the premise of this article was all about was you're going to that those are givens. Devonte Adams just checked that box off right now. Barring any kind of an injury or anything like that, he's going to put his numbers up there. Derek Carr is going to play at a, a a good definitely a good enough level. D- Darren Waller checked that box off. He's going to th- uh, thrive in this offense. Max Crosby is going to get his. Chandler Jones is going to get his. Uh, Nate Hobbs just needs to do what he did last year. He'll probably improve. But even if he just d- did what he did last year, that's enough. Um, you start checking off all these boxes. That- you presume are going to be okay. Colton Miller's going to be great uh, at left tackle. He's been great the last couple of years. Those are the givens for the Raiders. So if you start from the premise that you can count on those players, the star players, the core players, the foundational players, to do what they do, if you go in with that presumption, which I think is a safe presumption to make, then you start looking at who can – sway this thing one direction or another. What's the weak link that the Raiders go into this season with? That if that weak link becomes a strong link, all of a sudden, things can really turn a corner. And so if you understand that Darren's going to do what he does, Derek's going to do what he does, Devontae's going to do what he, he does, Josh Jacobs, Ken Young, you know what you're getting from those guys. You know what you're getting from those guys. Do we know what the Raiders are going to get from Alex Leatherwood? And here's the thing. There's a reason why whatever draft board you were looking at, if you, if you, 
agree with me. He wasn't the 17th best player in last year's draft. That's obvious. And maybe he wasn't even the 32nd best player uh, in the draft. So, so maybe he wasn't a first rounder. But by and large, if you looked uh, pre-draft last year, Alex Leatherwood was going somewhere, depending on the mock draft, late in the first round, into the second round. So regardless of what you might think of him as the 17th best player in the league or in, in last year's draft, he was certainly among the top 60, let's just say that, top 60, top 50 players, uh, that, uh, maybe even 45 players in the draft. If you want to look at it from a consensus standpoint, that means he's pretty darn good and was, was, was uh, highly thought of. Maybe not as a 17th pick, That's we get that. But the thing is, he did not have a good year, whether you thought of him as the 17th best player or the 300th best player. Frankly, he didn't have a very good season. There were moments. There were glimpses. He flashed from time to time. There were a couple of times I'm up in the press box looking over at uh, Adam Hill or whoever might have been sitting next to me going, man, Alex Leatherwood is eating people's lunch today. Like there were segments where he was just moving people around. It didn't happen often enough. It didn't happen consistently enough. There were issues in pass block. He missed some blocks. He missed some run blocks as well. So there were some uh, you know, peaks and valleys for him and far too many val- valleys. However, the talent is there. I still go back to OTAs and training camp just watching him, and I paid a lot of attention to him last year. He, The body is what you need it to be. The physicality is what you need it to be. The intelligence is what you need it to be. The work ethic, I don't think you can question that. He's got the physical tools. He's got the mental tools. He was a decorated player at the, in the best program in the country, was a starting player on a national championship team, started as a true sophomore at guard, then eventually moved to tackle. He's got a lot of snaps in him. He's played a lot of football. He played a lot of football last year. There's a reason why uh, he was the offensive lineman of the year in college football a couple of years ago. There's a reason why, depending on whatever mock draft you wanted to look at, he was a late first, second round pick type of a guy. There's reasons for that. He's got talent. And here's the thing, Damon. It's historically, if you look at the NFL and if you look at NFL offensive linemen, it's it happens, of course, where guys just dominate from the very beginning, right? There's 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 players that come into the league and are wow, that's a that's a Pro Bowl caliber tackle right now. But it doesn't always happen that way. And in fact, it's usually the norm where it doesn't happen that way. It takes a little while. Who'd we have on um I think it was Mike Tannenbaum last week talking about how with offensive linemen, sometimes and I actually had this conversation with Dave Ziegler. It's tough for young offensive linemen. They're not even doing the same things offensive line-wise in college football that they're going to be expected to do in the NFL. Look at your offensive lines in, in college football. A lot of those guys don't even go into three-point stances anymore. They're you know in that two-point stance working from that uh, you know, uh, launch angle, that, that position, lined up that way. They're not doing the same things that you do in the NFL. So there's going to be a learning transition. And, and, and Damon, you can look at Alex Leatherwood and look at everything that he has, all the attributes, and you can say to yourself, there's no reason why he significantly better this year because history shows that that does happen. It does happen, but I think that people are only going to judge you off of your 
prior performance. No doubt. It's the past performance that people are grading him on. So you can go into the season and you could be optimistic and say, yes, he will, there's only up from here. You can only go up. Right. But I think a lot of people were so soured on his rookie season to think, well, hopefully he just doesn't get any worse. Right. And, and he, when you say people, who are we talking about? Just fans? fans yes, yeah. fans. Yeah. And and fans will do that, and they they you because know, he didn't perform well. He didn't. Yes, and that that's the bottom line. Right. And also, when you mentioned these players who maybe they do go on to have decorated careers at some point. Yes, and Colton Miller, he has improved as well. But and he Miller, struggled his first year. But he had the he had the benefit of not being on good teams and also having the veterans around him that could pick up a little bit of that. So slack. he could grow on bad teams. Yes, you can grow on the, bad the, teams. The, but with Alex pressure isn't as yes yeah. because hey man, if the team's going. Twelve, anyways. Nobody's really. It doesn't matter if the rookie tackle didn't perform that well. Yeah, the team was four and twelve in the first place. It doesn't matter. But no but matter when the team what, is in the thick of the playoff right. race, and someone can point to, ah, man, that holding call, man, that offsides call, and maybe it, you know, because we all like to say one play doesn't determine the game. There were a couple of his plays that determined. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the direction of games. Yes. Yeah, so when right? a game, so when the direction of a game can turn because. Yes. People can look, fans, the media, everyone can look and see your penalty just cost the team. Those are the mistakes that when you're on a win-now team that you don't want to see. Right. No doubt. No doubt. And I and I get why, you know, fans are um, anxious about them. You know, they're, they're like, Ugh, what's this going to, you know, it, will it work out? Can it work out? But, you know, uh, I, I, I guess from my perspective is – I wouldn't rule him out right now, you know, and, and I get it. Fans are going to, I know, like, I think a couple of weeks ago, you and I were talking about this and you were like, no way would I put him at right tackle. And I, I get that sentiment because you're basing it off what you saw last year. But you also, history has shown that patience can also be a virtue. And, and like you said, um, it was, it was it more glaring. Was his weaknesses more glaring than Colt Miller's? Yes, because it, they were in different situations. One was in a, Hey, this team's good enough to win the go go to the playoffs, which they ultimately overcame those issues and did go to the playoffs. And as the season went on, he actually did get better. There were, if you look at his run blocking, his run blocking was not bad. We'll go to Pro Football, Fo- Pro Football Focus uh, and 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 check those out. His pass blocking was not good at all, and that's what really needs to uh, I- improve. Um, but when you talk about the keys to the Raiders' season. Could they overcome another bad year by Alex Leatherwood? Yeah, they can. But would they be much better off if he's good, if he grows into his role and takes a big step forward? I think that was what the premise of this article was. Like, he can make a difference for the better if he takes that necessary step forward. If he doesn't, that's a problem, and that, that that's going to be a problem. I don't, I don't get the sense that this staff is going to have – I mean, they will have patience, no doubt about it. But I don't think that if halfway through the season he's not playing well, they're going to stick with him. They're going to try to find answers. Um, but they're going to give him an opportunity. I think they should give him an opportunity. Go ahead. I think that if he's not if he's not producing midway through the season, right. then that's going to be a major problem because yeah. you can't think about any other position. I feel like too many times that we think, hey, if an offensive lineman isn't performing, just next man up scenario. But I don't think you would you would think that way about receiver. Ah uh, man, this like we'll just we'll just put someone else in. We saw that a little bit last season with Zay Jones, 
where it was good. All the production that he was able to provide, it was basically icing on the cake. He could step up a little bit. Derek Carr had that trust. But it trust still him, wasn't. But you knew that, yes, exactly, that he wasn't a number one option. Right. So I do think that that would be the bigger issue is that if Alex Leatherwood isn't performing as a starter or not giving you that production, no matter if it's the run blocking or pass blocking that you need, you can't just say, well, whoever's supposed to be behind him, if they were better than him, they would already be starting. That's And that, that, that goes back to well, you know, uh, some of what we've been talking about when you think about where the Raiders offense kind of went to last year, when you took out Henry Ruggs, when you took out Darren Waller, it goes to your exact pre- uh, premise of you don't just replace those guys with the next guy. <laughs> There's a reason why the next guy is usually the next guy um, because they're just not as good. And so to expect them to expect nothing to, um, you know, uh, take a step back because great players are no longer available. That's, that's, on a, that's uh, not realistic. It's just not realistic. You are going to feel that. Now, here's the thing, Devon Cotton. What if he does take that step forward? What if that happens? And there's no reason, there's no real reason to say that won't happen. It could, it, I think there's, there's just as good a chance that he can be a lot better this year than not. I, I really do believe that because I, we've seen that happen. We saw it actually with Colton Miller. He took huge strides from years one to years two, which is usually when you make your biggest jump. And then after that, it's then you're starting to close it for the good ones. Then you're starting to, if you make that big jump in the year two, then you can gradually make even, you know, maybe smaller jumps, but smaller jumps to all pro, pro bowl level. So there's no, you know, I, I think it would be, close-minded just to say, well, that that can't happen. It can't happen. I don't think that people are out there saying that it can't happen, but I think that with Raider fans, I'm going to speak for Raider fans here, even though I'm not one, I think that they have learned to be more pessimistic than optimistic when it comes to a player who has shown you bad play on the field. Right, right. And it's hard to just think, hey, he's going to turn it around. What have we seen? What do we have? What do you have the base set on? A new system. Another player on the other side of that, on the line, defensive line, Clee Farrell. Well, this is going to be his third system, third, fourth system of, yeah. hey, this might, though, a new, a new coach in, a new system. This will be the time that he turns it around. Some players, maybe they just don't get it and it's not their play. Totally. It's not their place. Maybe they can still be a steady role player. They're not going to be on the streets begging for a job, but they're just a solid rotational piece. And no, and like you said, no player asks to get picked as high as they do. But no. for some players, you're not the day one stud of a starter. You're just a solid rotational piece. And that's going to be up to him to prove this coming season if he is more than that and if he can make that leap, as you keep saying. Yeah, and so for for that reason, I, I understand what where uh, outs, uh, fo- uh, Football Outsiders was going with it. Like, he can be a key to the season one way or another. Uh, but I'd like to know what uh, your thoughts uh, uh, out there, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Who do you think the key to this season? Is it Trayvon Mullen? And, we, again, I'm throwing out names because I'm already assuming that Devontae Adams is going to be Devontae Adams and that Derek Carr is going to benefit from now having Devontae Adams and Darren Waller being Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs and Hunter Renfro and Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. To me, those guys are going to do their thing. If none of those guys do, that's a huge problem, and the Raiders are going to be looking at a high draft pick next year. But you got to assume that your star players are going to do their thing or close to it, provided they stay healthy. For me... And I want you guys' thoughts, 702-365-9200. Uh, 
outside of those guys, like like let's just put right in 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 pen that those guys are going to do their thing. Who is an X factor for this team that could really sway things one way or another? Trayvon Mullen to me, Rock Yassin to me. These guys are all right. What are the Raiders going to get from them? And if they get high end play. The, the complexion of their defense changes. The dynamic of the defense changes. Divine Diablo. I was watching some tape of Divine Diablo earlier today. Man, you know that guy played pretty darn good, Demond, when he was in the, in the in the when he got his opportunity. Like he was a big, physical, fast, um, athletic player. I think that what he showed last year, I think, is something that you can expect even better this year, right? Yes, and I don't remember. I think you would have a better memory of this. Wasn't it after one of those losses? He was one of the players that was vocal about like some players like maybe accepting like the loss a little too much, and he didn't like that. Trying to remember, that's a good question. Because um, I want to say it was, was it here, KJ? Not K- something. No, because KJ did like one a bigger like hey a speech of like going into the playoffs. Yeah, the speech where, of all speeches. Yes, where he like you know and he was right too. Broke the team down. Yeah, we never we we never uh, revisited that. KJ Wright was like we're not going to be going home in January, and they didn't. <laughs> they went home in late you know later on in January, but they got started. They made the playoffs, and that was in the middle or the tail end of a. I, I think they even even lost one more game after he said that, and then they got on the four game roll. Um, that 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 pushed him into the playoffs, but he was right, and he was like, "Look, why not us? Why can't that be us that gets out?" I remember Derek Carr talking about his brother, who was a backup quarterback for the New York Giants, that went to the playoffs as a wild card. They got hot late in the late in the season, battled their way to a wild card, then won every game, including beating the New England Patriots to win the Super Bowl. And he's like, "Why couldn't that be you guys?" So, uh, but that was last year. Um, we're looking ahead to next year and who might be the X factors for this team? Who might be the guys that take big step forwards to really solidify um, this whole thing? Hunter Renfro, obviously, I think you know what you're going to get from a Hunter Renfro. You know what you're going to get from Devontae Adams. I think you know what you can, you're going to get from Nate Hobbs. I think that guy is a, uh, is a, is a, just a really good football player. Divine Diablo, Trevon Morig. To me, Devon, all he has to do is do what he did last year. If he gets better, that's even great. That's even better, which there's no reason to think that Trayvon can't. But even just what he did last year, that was a, a, an acceptable season for uh, an NFL safety. He, he, he graded out well in a lot of different areas. I actually think he's going to get better the more comfortable he gets. Do you worry – Demond, that some of these second-year guys are going to be changing um, systems? Uh, no, because at the end of the day, I think that the players would give you the same type of cliche answer where I've just got to go out there and play ball. And I do think that for the players at a certain point, I don't think that this new system, maybe some players and the players that probably would have thrived under Gus Bradley's system, they are gone. The Casey Hayward Jr., he's moved on to Atlanta. Um, Excuse me, I can't think of his name. The Rocky Sin trade. Unique. Yeah. I think Unique was a better fitted defensive end in Gus Bradley's yeah. system. Yeah. And I think the trade just made sense. Right. So so there are some players, or Solomon Thomas, where he would have fit more in Gus Bradley's system, where those players are not on the team anymore. Right. So the players that I think that they weeded out, they were able to look who's going to fit in better with Patrick Graham's defense. And those players, to no fault of their own, no. they're already gone. 
but the, but the, the second that, year the guys. Play, but yes, and those second year players, I do think that they'll be they'll be fine just adjusting. Like you said, Trayvon Merrick, I think he's a baller. Yeah, he's going to be okay. I think Malcolm Kuntz, he's going to benefit from that defense. Where do you think he plays? I think he's going to be coming off the edge, like a standing up outside linebacker. Yes, he looks like that to me. He look when you look at him, you're like, you know, th- that's 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 what that looks like. Now, the good thing for him is it's early because when you look at him, you kind of also see, I guess, a little bit of a unique in Gawkway because unique was kind of built the same way. Um, what six foot two, six foot one? You yeah, know. six two, two fifty is what he's listed yeah. as. Yeah, uh, but I think er- getting him at this point in his career, and I got to look back um, at him in college. I want to say that I saw him rushing off the edge uh, as an upright outside linebacker. So maybe this does uh, help him. And and we've talked about this so many times. Um, why some of these X factors can be X factors is because I have a lot of trust and a lot of faith whether it's Patrick Graham um, or Josh McDaniels and the offensive staff, uh, either side of the football, um, especially kind of coming from where they came from and, and what, how, they're, how that set their mindset in terms of finding guys that do certain things well and getting them on the field in those types of situations to take advantage of what they do well. And I think a guy like Mal- uh, or Malcolm Kuntz, he, he, that's the exact type of a player I'm thinking about. Because, you know, he might not be a completely well-rounded, totally across-the-board defensive player, but there are things that he does really well that I think you can get him on the field in certain situations um, that, that, that put him in a position to really, really tap into that skill set. I think he's the kind of guy that really fits that. If I'm Patrick Graham, I'm really watching film of him, really thinking of ways to kind of get him on the field. He can be... Uh, a little bit of an X factor, but but honestly, for me, I think Alex Leatherwood, Trayvon Mullen, Rock Yassin, those are three guys, that, and and Divine Diablo, those are three guys that if they can really come in here and 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 get the job done. It really takes this Raiders team to another level. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahudo Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Thursday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. He's, he's an important part of it. Um, had great conversations with Alex so far. Um, you know, he's excited. You know, I mean, played a lot of football as a rookie and everybody's, well, yeah, he played a lot of football. That counts for something. You know what I mean? And you can say, well, you know, it, was it this or that? I know this. His second year is going to feel like his second year, not his rookie year. You know, because he did, he was in there a lot. He played a lot of snaps. He played tackle. He played guard. Uh, and we're going to try to give him an opportunity to earn a role that's his best fit. And it's the best fit for the Raiders. And, look, we know what he was drafted for. Uh, and, and we're going to give him an opportunity to do such. Uh, but ultimately, what we want to do at the end of the day is we're going to put the best five guys out there. The best five guys we can put out there to protect the quarterback and run the football and be physical, that's what we're going to try to do. That was Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels last week, actually, in Florida at the uh, NFL owners meetings, talking about Alex Leatherwood. Devon, when he said, um, we know what he was drafted for, and he's going to get an opportunity to do that, what, how, what did you read into that? That right tackle? I felt like that's, the, that's Josh McDaniels saying, hey, he's going to come into camp. 
and he's going to be able to line up at right tackle to start camp because you know I think that Alex Leatherwood maybe deep down he wants to still he wants to prove that he could be right tackle because I don't know if he wants to come in and play right tackle maybe he comes into camp and he says like you know hey coach I think right guards where I where I feel more comfortable at and the coaches would have to take that into account. But from what McDaniel was saying, I'm reading that as him saying, hey, we're going to give him a shot to play right, right tackle. Right tackle, yeah. And I think it happens um, starting Monday, really. Uh, of course, you know, it's only strength and conditioning and some meetings uh, when they open up their, their offseason program uh, on Monday, April 11th. But beyond that, once you start getting into the OTAs and the mini camps and, and, and all of that type of stuff, when it starts getting to 11 on 11 and – um, you know, uh, those types of situations, I think you're going to see Alex Leatherwood, like Devon just said, line up at right tackle at times. And I think they're going to have a pretty good idea um, whether or not that could be a viable plan moving forward, moving forward, being in training camp. And I think early in training camp, uh, you know, you'll probably see some mix matching without question. Uh, you have to, you have to do that because you don't want to get into a situation like, Look what happened last year. We keep referring to that, but I mean, from it was like bang, bang. There goes your starting left guard. There goes your starting right guard. Hello, the whole plan just blew up in the Raiders' face. It happens. That's just the nature of sports. Sometimes uh, the best laid plans don't work out. Uh, sometimes, and you have to have the backup plan and the backup plan. And for the Raiders last year, because they had made this is what made it so. Um, so much of a, uh, of a of a gut uh, hit, uh, Demond. Think about it. they had traded Gabe Jackson, they had traded Rodney Hudson, they had traded Trent Brown in order to move around some money to go bring in some much needed defensive help. Uh, they felt like okay, there's going to be a learning curve on this offensive line, but gosh darn it, we've got Denzel Good, we got Richie Incognito, they'll be able. We got Colton Miller, they'll be able to. Those veterans will be able to kind of hold it together until the young guys i.e. Andre James and um, Alex Leatherwood, get their legs under them, you know, get their confidence up, get their level of play to to an acceptable level of play. They, that was going to be the cushion for them, let alone Gabe Jackson or, uh, uh, you know, Rodney Hudson. Those That would have been the most ideal situation, but sometimes – uh, the you know because of the salary cap before because of how things are are structured you can't always um, do everything that you want to do so they took a calculated risk thinking believing hoping that a couple of and we don't talk about Denzel good enough to be honest with you uh, Demond we don't talk about him enough because it seems like eight thousand years ago that he was out on the field no one thing that we don't talk about enough also about that offensive line last season is. The mistrust in Richie Incognito, not like he, not only fault of his own, but to trust that a 38 year old is going to come back off of injury and start what maybe even 50 start start a full season deep into the playoffs for your teams that was misguided and that just shows that the last regime that that was a bad move because then he's out for the whole season and now from the minute that. I think that they knew from the get-go he was not going to be playing in the season. Yeah, I do think that they knew. But from the get-go, now you're playing mismatch with your offensive line because right. your your secure starting left tackle that you not guard. Excuse, not guard excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're myself. talking about. Yes, your secure left guard that you think is supposed to be the man. He's not even playing. So now you've got a mismatch. You've got a hey, we're going to bring Good over here. We're going to bring Simpson over here, and then it just it went all downhill from there. Yeah, and you know they 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 kind of they 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 sort of. They didn't prepare for it, but I think they 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 hedged their bet a little bit with Richie because remember they cut him. 
they cut him to get rid of the bigger contract and brought him back at a third of what he was going to make. So they un- they kind of knew, uh, you know, this might not work out, and we don't want to be on the hook for $5.9 million or whatever it is. We'd rather do it for whatever it was that, that they ended up resigning him. So there was a little bit of that possibility existed in their heads. Um, but the worst-case scenario happened, and I still, for the life of me, I saw that dude coming off the bus in Thousand Oaks, California, uh, after that practice that he got hurt, and he was talking to some of his teammates, and he's like, nah, it's just a muscle thing. You know, it, it'll be okay. But it never got okay. And uh, just like the year before where he was out of sight, out of mind, that's exactly exactly what happened last year, and the Raiders honestly were left to pick up the pieces in a way that – because of the trades that they had made the previous March and how that kind of left them a little bit vulnerable. And then the worst possible scenario that could happen happened losing their two veteran guards. And it just changed the entire dynamic of the offensive line. Now they go into this season and I think Denzel good. The reason I'm referencing him, uh, Demond is that here's a guy that has played as an NFL starter at right tackle and played as a starter at, at guard. You got to figure that he's going to figure in, in in one of those ways, whether if he's the right guard and it, let's just say that it's what they envisioned last year of the right side of the offensive line, Andre James, Denzel Good, Alex Leatherwood. That's not a bad right side of the offensive line. And that's where, because I think you can expect as long as Denzel Good stays healthy, you can expect a certain level of play from him. Okay. And a good enough level of play. He's shown that he can play to that level. I think Andre James, as the season went on last year, um, he turned a corner and honestly never looked back. That's why the key to some people, football outsiders being one of them, to the whole thing, (laughs) I'm being facetious when I say the whole thing, but a key to this whole thing, a key to this whole thing, an X factor to this whole thing, is young Mr. Alex Leatherwood. And not to put a whole lot of pressure on the young man, but there is pressure because if he can be somewhat close to what people envisioned of him, even the ones that were claiming that he was going to be a second-round pick, that's a premium pick. That's a pick that you expect at some point if you hit is going to be a good, sturdy starter for you. If he can get to that where he's playing more, you know, he's playing good football more consistently, then all of a sudden that offensive line from right to left start feeling a little bit better about that. Now, a question that I have on the offensive line and and John Simpson at left guard, are we just going to assume that he's the starting left guard this year? Maybe Denzel Good figures over there. Maybe that's where Jermaine uh, Illuminor slots in. Maybe they draft another guard. Maybe Alex Bars is the guy uh, at left guard. We don't know. I mean, and, and, and John Simpson, I thought, got rushed into things last year. That's where the ri- injuries to Richie Incognito and Denzel Good really hurt because now all of a sudden your second-year fourth-round pick from Clemson is now a starter on the left side playing alongside uh, you, you know, Colton Miller and beside Andre James. He played okay. There was nothing, you know, he didn't he didn't play great by any stretch of the imagination. Really, the only player who played great was Colton Miller. And toward the end of the second half of the season, 
playing pretty well and sometimes really well was Andre James. They got to get their left guard to play better. They, whoever is at right guard needs to play better. And obviously, whoever ends up being at right tackle needs to play be better. Is the right tackle going to be Alex Leatherwood? I don't know. As DeMond said, he's going to get an opportunity. I think he's going to get that opportunity. And DeMond, if I'm Alex Leatherwood, that's probably the position I want to play. Um, I don't know because didn't he say that like being at guard, he, he feels comfortable knowing that he doesn't need to – I mean, tackle's the more lucrative position. Yes. But I don't, I don't know like if his actual playing style, what he prefers because they moved him to guard for a reason. Well, they yes, to help it, to help him. Well, it was it was twofold. It really was. They were getting zero at guard, at right guard as well. And obviously he wasn't playing good at right tackle either. So what they felt could improve the whole thing is maybe him improving right guard and bringing in Brandon Parker even though he's nothing to write home about being a reliable, somewhat dependable right tackle. So and that was the thinking with John Gruden and Tom Cable. You know, try to fix two problems with in, in, in one kind of a move. Move Alex Leatherwood. Yes, it, some of it was to help him. But more than that, it was they didn't have any faith in, really, honestly, Jermaine Illuminar. That's who was playing right guard at that particular time. And he wasn't playing well. Bring in, move Alex Leatherwood, bring Brandon uh, Parker in. But that... Uh, pre- Do you really think that that was more of an Illuminar than an Leatherwood? Yes. If you had to, like, place... A percentage. Who are you putting more of it on? Illuminar. I think it was sixty forty. It was it was sixty forty. We're getting our lunch eaten at left guard. That's hurting our center. Our right tackle is a rookie, and you know we have confidence that he's going to be able to provide something for us. Let's move him over to right because you couldn't put Brandon Park. You could. Who are you going to replace? That's the thing. If you're gonna, if you're but gonna, if he was, but my who, thing, who do you my replace thing, Jermaine Luminar with? If you're replacing your guard, who are you replacing him with? I don't know. Bring Cotton up from the practice. Squad. I don't think there was any confidence in Lester. But Cotton. I'm saying, I, if you're not that good of a right, I, I think that you're mistaken. No, he was terrible. Like, he was get, not playing yeah, well. You're get, yeah, some of that blame, like you know, Vinny. If if the Ether Review if Journal, was, if the hockey coverage is lacking a little bit. Wouldn't you be a little like ah, Vinny? Do you know what? Don't even worry about the Raiders. We need you on hockey. Well, they felt no, it, like th- no. They felt <laughs> that there was. They felt like I'm telling you what what the thinking was because I was I was told what the thinking was. Yes, he wasn't playing great at right tackle. There's no question about it, and so that made the move easier from his perspective. But but Jermaine Illuminar was kind of the, the the linchpin of that. His 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 level of play. Combined with the right tackles level of play, it wasn't good. So they're thinking maybe this will help. This will this should help settle down right guard. Maybe along the way, obviously, like you said, help Alex Leatherwood and try to fix or get some level of of, of solid play at right tackle as well. Because they, their 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 hand was tied. There really wasn't anybody behind Illuminor that they could rely on. If they had a good right ta- right guard, maybe they would have gone in that uh, direction. But the point is, and I think you're right about this. I think Alex Leatherwood's first opportunity is going to be at right tackle starting in these next few weeks in OTAs and see where it goes from there. But he could, if he turns out to be a pretty decent right tackle, change the dynamic of that offensive line. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Thursday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM.
Um, personally, I feel like a lot of people was just, lack of better terms, fold. Um, they was just lay down and come to practice, not ready to practice. And I, I know I'm a rookie, but I don't want my teammates to do that. I'm gonna make sure they're ready to practice and we bring that intensity every day. Uh, that was Divine Diablo. When was that? What, what was that after the uh, Browns game? When you got? What date was that? December thirteenth. I don't have an actual. It was. Yes, it was actually because I was on my way to. Uh, it was right after the Dallas owners' meetings when they announced the Super Bowl. So um, he was going to. They were getting ready to play the Browns, I believe. That's where it all started, Demon. Yes, and I, uh, I played that clip because I mentioned it earlier in our first segment of the show about, yeah, Devon Diablo, he was the one who, even though he was a rookie, he said that he didn't like the he didn't like losing and he didn't like the way the team was playing. So that goes back to the question you asked earlier, you know, a breakout player for yeah. next season. This is a guy as a rookie who was already stepping up, coming to the podium after a game, saying that he didn't like how his team was, you know, well, he lack was, yes. of a better word. He wasn't going to be afraid. Some, calling out some effort, I think. Yeah, he wasn't going to be afraid to let people know you got to practice. It's it's we're not folding here. I know we're in the middle of a what? How many games did they lose in a row? Four, three. And he was. I, I I agree. He took it upon himself to say that's you know. Look, I might be a rookie, but I ain't having on my watch. I'm not going to be a part of that, and I'm going to let some people know. And I think people respect that when it's coming from the right place, and it was obviously coming from the right place. And the Raiders got their act together. Divine Diablo, I felt like defensively made a big, uh, was a big reason for that. And they needed that defense because the offense without Henry Ruggs and Darren Waller, that's a big chunk of things right there. That's a lot of production uh, that, you know, was, was nowhere on the field anymore for a long stretch. And they needed the defense to step up. And that's how. No, good that was teams... after the uh, Kansas City loss. Okay, so it was during the week then. It was during, yeah, December 13th would have been uh, at a, that's why I wasn't there. I was in Dallas for the owner's meetings um, when Las Vegas was awarded a Super Bowl. Still jazzed about that. A couple of years away, but uh, I'm already uh, geeked about that. Out to the Raider Nation listener line, the Realty One Group listener line, Houston is in LA. How you doing, Houston? Hey, man, it's hot. I just got the AC cooling. I'm in Inglewood right now. I heard there was a heat wave. Yeah, in Cali. Yeah, dude, dude, dude. Man, yeah, it just it just hit us because everything was nice, wind smooth, everything was smooth. Now this. Hey, but um, hey, we, we, we kind of spoiled out here, dude. To be honest with you. You know, you know. Yes. Like, um, one thing about Raider management, I kind of want to want to touch on that real quick, and then I want to talk about Mullet in particular because I'm, you know, Twitter. I mean, you know, you take it for the grain of thought of what it is. But first of all, like me being a Dodger fan, heck of a organization, you know. Until the uh, until you know, unfortunately, the guys that was trying to use uh, the Dodger Stadium uh, itself and trying to turn it to parking lot. Frank McCourt. Had to go. Frank right, McCourt. Right. Oh, man, I could believe it. Right. So, you know, we got good management there. Lakers, come on, man, that speaks for itself. And then for college, US, that good, that's good representation. Can't say anything about the Bruins, you know. Uh, but, all right. All right but but, but my, my, my main focus is this. Like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge Mullen fan, man. And um, I feel the way he played Tariq Hill, man, he, he he was on him, man. And and every time those cats match up, Hill ain't always scoring. Now he got the best of them this last game, no doubt, no doubt. But for the most part, like Mullen, 
he, he ain't always a dime a dozen, but he's always hurt, which is unfortunate. But he's got skills, and and, and I feel you know if they want to try to make some kind of movement towards him, just make a good decision, man. Because I'm glad I'm not a GM, dude. I'm not even gonna try to even you know try to come up with the figures and act like I know what a lot of people act like they know. But one thing I know is that he, he's a good player. So I mean, I kind of want to see him stick around and. Rock, that made it nice. I mean, I'm not all, all sprung out on, on, on getting Gilmore like that. I mean, he becomes cool. If not, let the youngsters develop. And Gilmore, he, I think he's kind of slipping as far as his ability. Maybe we got some real management cracking and people just, you know, need, need to take that for what it is. But, yeah, I, I want to hear your opinion on that. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, you know, I don't know where the misconception is with Trayvon Mullen. He had an injury-riddled season last year. But to say that he's injury-prone, the guy played 16 games, all 16 games in 2020. He played all 16 games in 2019, including starting the last 10 games of that of, of that season in 2019. So um, for two years, he was a 16-player guy. Now, there were a couple of times where he got his bell rung during games, um, in 2020, but he came back. He came right back. It was always a play or two later or, you know, a few plays later, he was back on the field. Last year, he had a foot injury. Sometimes you're just the victim of bad luck, but I wouldn't say that he is just an injury risk, injury prone type of a player. Last year, uh, a, a bad injury and and he missed, uh, you know, he played five games last year. If he could get back to the guy that played 16, seven, you know, and there's a 17 game schedule now, if he could get back to that player, I believe in him. I think Trayvon Mullen is a solid cornerback. He might not be a number one guy, but when he was on the field, what we saw of him in 2019 and 2020, he wasn't a bad player. And I contend, Demond, that he wasn't playing probably in the best system for him in 2019 and 2020. Yeah, but I think that the injuries matter more. Where if you're one, not, for one year, in, in terms of what? In terms of what? We're talking about Mullen, right? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. He, he was the, 16 games, 16 games, and then last year he got a foot injury that, you know, it was it was like in training camp I think he got hurt or early in the season. Yeah, so he wasn't he wasn't able to provide that production. So And then he's another player where the system, I don't know if he's a better corner suited for Graham's defense. I know From what you saw him when he's on the field, though, forget. I mean, last year was a fluke be, uh, compared to his first two. His first he's two, an average were, cor- he's an average corner, right? A, a guy that do, do uh, I do on a good team is he a, is he a number one? No, right, right. But average is good. Average is acceptable. You know, when if you're average in, in any sport, you're you're good. Now there's superstars, of course, but you know, is a, if you're average, you're a guy that can you can you can count on getting the job done. And he was. There were games where he was playing at a pretty darn high level. Um, you know where he was locking people down. Last year, to me, was more of a fluke than anything else. I, I'm not going to, you know, label him as uh, a, a a an injury risk type of a player because only one year out of his three was he hurt. And sometimes you just football is a physical sport. Things happen and guys get hurt. But I don't think he is prone to injury, and I don't think he in his uh, career has been a guy that's, is he going to be able to play this week? Is he, you know, how many games are we going to be able to get? It's 16 in 2019, 16 in 2020. Last year was the, uh, last year was the year that, um, you know, the injury bug got him. If he can stay healthy, and there's no doubt, Demond, that's, a, you know, 
if he can stay healthy. But you can say that about anybody. And anyone is in this sport liable, unfortunately, uh, to, to get hurt. And last, it was kind of a fluke injury last year with him with the, uh, with the foot. He just, you know, they, they never really explained it either. And they're not under any obligation to really explain, uh, you know, what happens or what the exact uh, nature of the, of the injury was. But, you know, um, if he can get healthy, and it sounds like talking to, uh, to Josh uh, McDaniels, he's been at the facility, he's talked to him, he's raring to go. Um, if that's the case, and he gets back to just playing the way he was in 2020, and I, I again, I'd like to see him in this system, and and if that helps him become even a better player too. Uh, last year, well, let's see what his uh, career grades have been. He graded out as a 61 last year. Yeah, and he, you know, he was it, it was five games, um, and I, th- I don't even know if it was he was out for a long time, and then he came back. Right, that's how it, that's how it kind of worked. Uh, let's see. He played week one, week two. He played one, two, three, four, and they didn't come back until uh, game fourteen. So there was a long gap between four, week four, and then week fourteen, and then he got hurt in that game and and uh, or re-injured himself, and and you know uh, was just out of the lineup from that point on. Twenty twenty, he graded out as, at a fifty five. Okay. All right. Well, for what I saw. I liked, and I felt like he was, you know, headed in uh, headed in the right direction. And I think he's. You look at the the the, the height. He had a lot of moxie. He was tough. Uh, he was a good physical, uh, big, and he wasn't. You know, I'm not saying that he's a number one cornerback, but I think that. And I, you know what else I like about this cornerback room, and why I think this could be kind of an X factor. You look at Rock Yassin. You look at Trayvon Mullen. You look at uh, Averett. These are all guys that are playing for their next contract. Trayvon Mullen, fourth year, no guarantee. You know, he's a he's scheduled to be a free agent next year. Rock Yassin, drafted the same year that Trayvon was, is scheduled to be a free agent next year. There's something about a sense of urgency. There's something about, hey, this is it's now or never in terms of if you really want to get some some significant money and really solidify yourself. This is the year for these two players, and you got to figure. And we got a chance to talk to uh, uh, to Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler about that. It's not necessarily a bad thing when guys are fighting for their future. A lot of times, guys turn the corner when that happens, and I just think that also these guys have some experience under their belt. They're not wide-eyed rookies anymore. And there is a sense of urgency, like, hey, it's time to really go right now. No more excuses. Get out there. Solidify yourself. Earn your next big paycheck. And I hope for the best for both of them. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Thursday.